there, I'm Nana. And I'm Bonquillo, and this is African.American. This is a show where we take a closer look at a subset of the African diaspora, the children of African immigrants growing up in America. We call ourselves African.Americans out of respect for the fact that the hyphen between the two words denotes a particular community, history, and culture. This show is going to take a look at how they overlap, intersect, and at times don't touch at all. So why this show and why now? This show was born from WhatsApp conversations about experiences in the United States. Most are aware that conversations about blackness aren't as nuanced as they should or could be. And we want to change that a little and create a space where African.Americans can complicate the landscape a little. We plan to talk about a variety of issues on this podcast, from serious themes to more jovial ones, and everything in between. Today, the theme is Coming to America. All right, let's move to our next segment, the Konkonsa segment. So we want to start each show with a segment we are calling Konkonsa. Konkonsa means gossip in, in Chi or Akan, Ghanaian language. It's where we take something from the African or African.American news and discuss it. And today we want to talk a little bit about movies, specifically Nollywood. Nollywood is the Nigerian film industry. But we're not going to talk about how many movies they produce each year, which is about 1,500. More 1,500 more, yeah, more than Hollywood. Nollywood is available everywhere. They're even yeah. on Netflix, Amazon. Um, there are four movies just off the top of my head mm-hmm. that are available now on one of these uh, streaming services. The Wedding, which is oh, probably I, the highest grossing Nollywood I loved ever. that movie. It's pretty... It's, it's a movie. It's entertaining. You're not going to, like, get... I feel like... Well, it depends on your idea of deep social commentary, but it's about a couple who's supposed to get married, but then some fake news comes Ooh. out, and then you have to figure out if the couple is actually going to stay married or not. Um, and it's pretty funny. The depictions of different, like, Nigerian tribes and communities are cool. Um, there's another movie called 50, and it's about... I've never seen that one. It's good. It's also kind of like The Wedding. It's is that a, on Netflix? It's either on Netflix or Amazon. I actually saw it on the plane. Oh, That's how global Nollywood is now. Like, I watched The Wedding and another movie, When Love Happens, on, like, flights, on the British Airways flights. Like, they have a section for, Niger- like, well, African movies now. And a yeah. lot of them are Nigerian. But 50 is about, like, a group of friends who are 50. Oh. And, like... I don't think I've, I've they've, they've really done anything in the, at least in Nollywood. I haven't seen anything in Nollywood that focuses on, on folks in that demographic. It does, but it's still, like, the same kind of, like, trash. I mean, like, it's not, I don't want to say trash, <laughs> but, like, it's not just, like, a boring movie about four 50-year-olds. There's one who's, like, a reality TV star. Oh. There's another one who's, like, single but having an affair. There's another one who's, like, sick. She's, she has cancer and she doesn't want to share with her family. So it's really interesting like just like nice family movie Um, and then there's another one called Gone Too Far which it's not really Nollywood it's but it's Nigerian actors some of which who are in Nollywood movies and it's about this Nigerian British boy whose brother comes from Nigeria for the first time when he's like 16 and it's about the first day when they meet and interact with each oh. other. And Do you really, go looking for these movies, or is it just something that pops up on your I mean, on your some Netflix of it pop, queue you know, or Netflix, something of that Netflix will tell you because you watch this. Oh, the recommendation. That. Yeah. So yeah, definitely stuff to look into. Oh, I should check those out. Um, but you know, the thing about Nollywood though is that like, I think that it's really great that we have this film industry mm-hmm. that's black whatever we define that to be that's like for Africans by Africans Um, and it's getting so much more attention and it's so much more accessible because I know that even in the Caribbean for instance people watch it they're pretty pretty popular there but is all Nollywood created equal I think that's the question that we want to talk about right most of I think most of the Nollywood movies that I've seen and maybe things have evolved but most of them are about juju black magic or something, you know, talking about somebody's taking somebody's husband or... But I guess there's been some sort of evolution, like, based on the movies, like, the, the, the plot lines that you, you've just told me. Um, but is there more to Nollywood? Is there more quality um, in Nollywood movies? Or is it just about quantity, producing as many as we can, putting it out there and, yeah. you know, let's get, let's get a lot of people watching Nollywood movies? I think, yeah, that's the tough part. I think the ones on Netflix are probably a little bit higher caliber, mm-hmm. higher production quality, mm-hmm. better acting 
then like you can find a bunch of stuff on YouTube, like type in Nollywood and you can get movies. But. Yeah. Yeah. There's been some critique over the years um, of, of the Nollywood industry, one of which I think we, talk, we were talking about it a little bit before the show um, from the blogger Eccentric Yoruba. Yeah. And she, she offers a critique of the Nollywood movie, one of the Nollywood movies, I should say, and would like to read you a little sampling of what she wrote of her critique gives you a little glimpse of what Nollywood movies are predominantly about. I'm not even sure if I should call it romance, but I guess that is the only way I can put these movies in a genre. The fact that these movies were supposedly depicting love stories is what makes them all the more disturbing. To start off, I do not remember the names of the movies I watched. Perhaps those who know the Nollywood can help me here. The first movie starred Desmond Elliott and was about a prince who raped a woman from his village. The village woman then discovered that she was pregnant after a while. The village woman then discovered that she was pregnant after a while. I already read that, didn't I? Yeah, I talked to <laughs> When her father learned of the news, he stormed into the palace, demanding that the prince accept responsibility for his actions and marry the woman he had raped. Obviously, the prince refused to do anything, and it was only when his mother insisted, threatened, cajoled, that he married the woman he had raped and impregnated. Of course, this prince is a typical bad boy. He did not want to marry this village woman and promised his girlfriend from the city. Imagine, the rapist had a girlfriend who was of his own social status. That he would divorce the village woman after she had given birth to her baby. However, things did not turn out the way the prince planned. After the village woman was taken into the palace, he realized that she was beautiful. And when she was dressed in fine clothes, God, and covered in jewels, the prince fell in love with her. And after giving birth to the baby boy, his wife came to love him as well. And they lived happily ever after. Excuse me while I puke. And again, this is an excerpt from Eccentric Euro by a blogger who is critiquing one of the Nollywood movies. Yeah. <laughs> this is just... Mm. It's a hot mess. I mean, and the thing about it is that, like, this is this is not unique to this movie. No. There are a lot of Nollywood plots that involve rape. Mm-hmm. And people don't... Like, it's just a part of the movie. Like, I um, remember another one that was similar where... But it was a little bit different because the prince wasn't the bad boy. It was a okay. rich guy. That's another theme, right? It's always a it's rich, always a rich a or the rich, prince or the yeah, a rich dude and some coming in to swoop swoop you off your feet exactly yeah. and save someone. So like this girl in this movie was a house cleaner, and the guy was rich and he had a rich girlfriend, but she had a bad attitude. She like beat the girl up, and so he saw that like. He was in love with the housekeeper and not with his girlfriend, so he broke up with his girlfriend. So he was beating the housekeeper up or the girl? No, the, his girlfriend okay. was beating up the housekeeper, oh. was treating her. Okay. So I'm like, okay, this movie's going all right, fine, you know, like, whatever. And then he decides he loves her and, like, comes into her room one night and she's like, please, sir, no, no. And he basically rapes her. He decides he's in love with her and so that's who he gets. And that, like, at that point, I turned the movie. My sister and I were watching and we were just like, we wanted to watch something like so we just turned the movie. So they end, do they end up together? They ended up together. Actually, I should backtrack and say, so we, we know that he fell in love with her and then they kind of like fast forward where they're like married and stuff. But then the housekeeper goes crazy and she's in an insane asylum and he's like reflecting on their love story. And that's when oh, it becomes, it's a love story. Well, he's reflecting on like he loves his wife and he doesn't, you know, he's just reflecting on like, but the does, she, the, does she, you know, the question becomes, does she really, does she love him back or does she feel like, that was her only option. I mean, she was literally raped. Like, the their, their first night together. So she can't go back to the village. Well, I don't know if she can't go back to the village. He raped her, and then, like, they got married, and it was fine. But it was just, like, the scene with her, like, on the bed going, please, sir, no. And he's like, shh, no, it's okay. It's okay. I love you. And you're like, ugh, what the fuck? Oh, f-? my God. What are we teaching? Teaching people. Yeah. What are we teaching children? Yeah. What, what values are we teaching I think both, because again, Nollywood isn't just about Nigeria at this mm-hmm. point. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. And you're, there is a current of some of these movies where it's like, all right, if you're a woman, you know, you're going to be Cinderella, suffer through life. And yeah. like a rich man will come in like a banged up Mercedes and like give you. It's our own African fairy tale, our version of the fairy tale. Right. But it's yeah. like, why? But like, even in the fairy tale, the man is trash. Like, why would I? <laughs> even Monk in you. Fairy tale. Are we going to go there? <laughs> Like, can I have a real prince? Like, he's not even oh redeeming my God. In, in, the, in the fairy tale. 
my god, he's Amanda. You know, and I, I, I wonder how much of this is also because we have a lot of the directors or a lot of the movie, movie, Nollywood movie industry writers are male. So it's that the movies are being told from a male perspective. I think they are, but women are acting in these movies and they're watching Very true, them. very true. Mm-hmm. But the actresses, they need jobs. The actresses need jobs that we watch them. Yeah. People watch them. That act. is true, but, but th- that's the thing, you know. I, for example, I sit here and sometimes I, you know, I crave Ghanaian. Ghana also has this industry up and coming. Yeah. I crave Ghanaian movies, so I'll go ahead and watch it. It's not, it's not even about the the social commentary they're trying to impart on us or whatnot. But I, I watch it because I miss Ghana. So I'm like, wow. Let me let me watch a movie, but if and miss, I don't even think about it in that way. But see, that's I think that that's what the that's the part of the problem, yeah. right? I've yeah. I've watched Nollywood growing up, yeah. and that definitely some of the things I remember after reading Eccentric Yoruba's on blog entries, mm-hmm. it made me think, right? She has another one about this movie called Attack of the White Hunters, and I love that movie. It was funny. Was that a Nigerian movie? It's a Nigerian movie about four women who love to date white men and white. <laughs> White is defined as anyone not black. Not- so like, <laughs> it is, but it's so racist, right? Like one woman dates an Indian guy and he smells like curry or whatever and garlic. One woman dates a Chinese man uh, and he is cheap. Like it's just really stupid. Plays on those stereotypes, stuff. yeah. Plays on the stereotypes, but like I think growing, like when I was younger and I saw it, what was funny was the actresses, right? Like they are like going to witch doctors so they can like, put stuff in their underwear to make some random it's just really great to make some random white man fall in love with them um but (laughs) but you're just like so i get it right there is i'm not nigerian but there's a certain there's a certain thing comedic value to some of these but i do wonder about what we are instilling what it relays to us as people in the diaspora about the values of the communities and in what Africa. we're internalizing as well, right? And then what we are internalizing and thinking is okay, yeah. Because I think if you, you know, do a random pull of any number of Nollywood movies, domestic violence, beating what your beating your wife is also not a thing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not a big not a thing as in not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I do see that in other film industries as well. Like I, um, I speak Arabic and I like watch Arab films mm-hmm. and. I can't recall an Egyptian film. Egypt is probably like the biggest center for Arab films. Where a woman doesn't get like beaten or yelled at or raped. Like something happens to some female character and it's not always like her her quote unquote fault in the movie, but it might be like an important plot line. Yeah. Um, So just, it's a little crazy. Like we can watch, movies are for entertainment, but we do need to be conscious of why we are what we're seeing and what it's telling us about ourselves and about like the community outside. I'm actually beginning to wonder if this discourse, if this um, conversation ever happens within the industry itself and if folks are paying attention to these things and if, if things are starting to change. I mean, I think it is in terms of like the levels, right? Because again, yeah. the movies that we mentioned at the beginning of this segment, True. better yeah. production That's quality, true. better acting. Perhaps because of the investment, because folks are investing more in, better in, stories. in Nollywood. Yeah. Right, better yeah. stories. Yeah. Um, I think that there is a, an, an aspect of Nollywood that is very popular culture. Mm-hmm. So like you have to have movies that are cheaply made. That's why they make 1500 a year. Yeah, I mean, like, if you're produ- producing that many. Yeah, but you're also just course, taking them. I mean, you and I can make a Nollywood movie, movie, right? Let's take our, <laughs> let's take our laptops right now. I don't know about that girl. Some of the qualities of the, some of the production <laughs> quality is really bad. That's what I just mean. Um, but it's like people want something quick and cheap. Yeah. So, yeah. but at any rate, it's interesting. Um, I think that Nollywood, yeah. you know, will always be a part of our hearts or what have you. I think the opportunity to, or watch more Nollywood movies now that it's on Netflix and whatnot, you know. Yeah. Take the opportunity. Click on one of them. Watch them. Watch the wedding. Watch. The, I mean, the wedding is, I've seen that one. That one was funny. <laughs> so you should you should take the opportunity to watch that. Um, and, you know, let us know what you think. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to switch gears and get a little bit more real with our next segment, the chat. Today, we're going to talk about coming to America mm-hmm. and other representations of Africans in Black popular culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's start off with just talking about what representations were you familiar with, or were we familiar with as a child, as children? Um, mm-hmm. For me, Shaka Zulu, which I guess isn't a Black movie. I think it's a, a British movie about Shaka Zulu, mm-hmm. but that was always running on the History Channel and PBS. Coming to America, of course, Zamunda, Roots, 
Um, I, I'm not that old. I was definitely born after Roots was first created, but it used to come on on the History Channel. She's trying to let us all know. Yeah, yeah you yeah. know, I'm not, you know, I'm not a child of the 70s, but uh, Queen, Alex Haley's Queen was a big one. I was probably mm. eight years old. I was in third grade when that movie oh, wow. came out. And, and, and you and you watched it. Then. Yeah, I watched it. Everyone watched it. And then mm. I came to school and people were making slavery jokes, right? Oh. Eight-year-old no, this was in D.C. Oh. Um, I do remember people like, my mammy, my papi, like making slave talk. Wow. We were just emulating. Little kids who, yeah. What we saw on TV. Yeah. Um, so what about you? When we were, when we were talking about this segment, you know, I kept thinking, what are some of the movie references I can make as a child? The only one is, I think, coming to America um, mm-hmm. that that I saw over and over and over again. But, you know, I, as I've mentioned before, I, I moved to this country when I was around 12, 11, 12 years old. And so I learned more about how Africans are depicted from how folks viewed us when we moved to, um, to Maryland. We moved to Baltimore um, when we first moved here. And it was, oh, you live in trees? Yeah. Oh, you know, how do, do you wear clothes? Like, is this is this a novel? Are clothes a novel thing um, to you? Um, those sorts of things. I'm like, where are these people getting this from? From the movies that I that I just named, right? Yeah, I've like, never, and that's the funny thing. I've never seen <laughs> any of those movies. And I, I remember, I, I know that when we, were, when we were going through the planning stages for this, I was like, I've never seen. And you're like, Nana, <laughs> how is this possible? Like, Girl, you ain't black. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, she did question my blackness, but hey, <laughs> she did question my blackness. But hey, when you when you're growing up <laughs> in a place like Ghana, you you are seeing. I mean, the depictions that I saw, and you know, we were talking about this, and I was like, you know, the 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 shows that I saw were, you know, by the fireside. If if any Ghanaians are listening, by the fireside, um, by Mama Dokno, which was a show that came on every Saturday, um, basically telling Anansi stories, Anansi the trickster, um, Koko Anansi the trickster, basically telling stories about how, you know, ingenious he was and he would how he would get out of situations. And that was, those were what, you know, the stories were telling and that was what I was learning. And yeah. that was what I was internalizing. So to come to the U.S., I think, and to hear, to have people question, oh, do you live in trees? I'm like, what yeah. tree? Like, what are you talking about? I don't even think I've even seen lions before. Right. Even seeing a snake yeah. is a rare occurrence yeah. for me. And so, I, I would say that, like, as a kid, honestly, that's what I thought Sierra Leone was like. Oh, wow. So, yeah, because I grew up watching Shaka Zulu, and uh, oh, another one was uh, Color Purple, right? Because uh. there were the scenes where Seely's <laughs> sister, you know, is in some random African place and. They're playing with elephants. And uh, stuff. I, I don't think I didn't see Color Purple, and I don't. I haven't sat. I haven't been able to sit through it's, Color Purple. Like it's been in my adult life. Which I know is it's why a shame. I question your blackness. Right? <laughs> it's, it's hard for me. Some of these movies are. It's very hard for me to sit through it. I mean, but they're they're. I think we can definitely talk about that on another occasion. But they yeah. are important movies to see, yeah. and I do think that they are movies that speak to like the black experience. experience. Oh, especially if you if you if you're living if in you're America, living a, yeah. those points of reference are important. Yeah. But like, how? I guess the question now is like just thinking about the things that we have watched or that you are aware of. Yeah. Like how? How did those things make you feel? How did knowing that those are the images that people have of Africa make you feel? And how did that square with like what you had in your family? You've already talked a little bit about it, mm-hmm. right? That like you come here and you're like, what, what trees? What? Why do people even think this? Mm-hmm. But how do you then react to that as you grow up? Yeah, I mean, when when she she left me stunned. Um, this was a neighbor. She left me stunned when she when she made that comment. But at the same time. I was like, oh, she doesn't know any better. That was how, as a as a kid, that's how. Was this how neighbor I, black or it was? White? It was a, it was a black woman. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, that's you know, I didn't even think, oh, maybe that's how she's you know I, I, that young. I didn't even think, oh, maybe that's how she is. How, that's how Africans are depicted. I was like, oh, she doesn't know any better, so whatever. Um, she can she can figure it out, deal with it. But as I've grown older, I've I've learned that it's important to. To, to teach people, to, to use these things as a teaching lesson. Because I know that working as an adult, people have, you know, made comments. Sometimes even professors have been like, oh, is Ghana stable? Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> my first thought is, what in the world? Yeah. Have you ever heard of, fine, we've had our, you know, our coup, our coup d'etats and stuff like that. But, I mean, when have you... What are you talking about? No, exactly. And so when a, a lot of times when, they, when, when a professor asks me that, even in grad school, 
I, I take a pause and, you know, I take a pause and I'm like, okay, Nana, just calm down. Don't get right. upset. This is a teachable moment, you know, talk about Ghana, about how Ghana is and use it to, but, use it to explain things. But, you know, I, I, I really take issue with that because I'm so, to be honest, I'm too damn, I'm tired of having to do it. Like I had to do yeah. it as a kid. And, and maybe that's the difference that I didn't, you know, as a kid. Well, was, as, as a very young child, I didn't understand, yeah. like, you know, African booty scratcher, you know, all that kind of stuff. And you know where it comes from. Mm-hmm. And then growing mm-hmm. up and you kind of think about it like, OK, even I for a while thought that like my aunts and uncles in Sierra Leone were walking around with like feather skirts and stuff. And that's just wow. which is fine. There are communities yeah, where the, that is that are like and that, there's yeah. nothing wrong with yeah. it. But that's not where I come from. So and me, that's not predominant. The predominant Sierra Leone it's, it's experience. It's not like it's it's yeah. it's, it's, Leone it's experience. A, yeah. It has its developed areas. If you know, depending on like your socioeconomic status, like living there, living in parts of Africa is just as good, if not better, than like. Living. It's similar to the U.S. Yeah. and how the U.S. landscape is. But people don't know that, and I yeah. think that is just frustrating for me because yeah. I can't like. Especially depending on the the, the 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 space, I'll say like I'll share like once I went on a date. So there is a person that I dated, and we went to the African Museum in the. We didn't know we went to like African American Museum. The nat- no, no, no. We went to the Natural History Museum or oh. something. Oh, so that one also has a yeah. It has a section on Africa, and they had at the beginning a bunch of African um sky, like um skylines mm. of African cities, mm. and he commented and he was like, "Oh, I didn't know Africa was this developed," and I. I probably should have walked out right there. He but did I not did. know that this Africa was this no, developed. No, because of like how he... What? But I looked at it and I was like... Of course I pushed back and I was like, yeah, um, you should probably go there sometime or like read something more about it. Yes, of course it is. That's like what's this. so interesting because... <laughs> that's, that's, you know, I laugh, but that's, that's interesting because a lot of, you know, outside of the U.S., people take... People take their people take the chance to kind of learn about the different cultures. No, and I don't I don't believe that either. Because you don't I, believe no, that? No, I'm sorry, I don't agree with that either. Because mm. I've been to Spain, I've been to well, the UK. Yeah, I've been you, to you other do have places. a point. You other do places. have a point. This you is do a, have a point. This is an international phenomenon. People <laughs> look down on Africa yeah. in ways that they don't of uh, of other of, of other, other communities. Yeah. And I think that part of it is how they're represented in film. It's how they're represented in news. Like one of my biggest peeves for instance with new york times is that a lot of times when they represent africa when they do stories on africa they end up with the bare-breasted woman oh i know that image for any other for very few other groups maybe if you're looking at the indigenous communities in papua new guinea yeah but like why is it that west africa like west africans in particular sub-saharan africans in particular like you just put your business out there i mean even if you ask her permission like why is this the image that you're always coming back to there's also when people talk about, for example, when you're when you're on Instagram um, and or social media, and people are saying, "Oh, I I, I visited Africa," right, and yeah. I'm sitting there thinking, like, where in Africa did you go to? And typically, you know, when people visit the continent, typically people go to South Africa, and that's no, it. Uh, you I, don't think so? I think it's, I think a, lo- a whole lot of people. I think that's there what they do. Are a few places. And I say this with all due respect to you, Ghana, because there are certain countries that get more representation <laughs> uh, than others. Well, people love Ghana. What, what can I say? Um, I'm just going to leave that mm, alone. Yeah. Uh, I would say Nigeria. Yeah. But people don't visit people Nigeria. People don't visit they Nigeria. Don't visit Nigeria like that. But when you think about Africa, those are what you're thinking about. Nigeria, Ghana, South Africa, I mean, and we're, we're, we're put, to be fair, we're put on the wall stage because of our soccer team. That's how a lot of people, at least, at least they're in, in, in talking to people, when people hear I'm Ghanaian, oh, Ghana okay, soccer you team. Wanna, you, if you want to do that, that's fine. When people talk to me, they say blood diamond. So I don't really think that... <laughs> I don't Thank really you. think it has to do with any of that. Uh, I think it's just that certain, like, certain countries, certain people from certain countries are a little bit more bold. Oh, they're a little bit more bold, bold and stars, loud. Really? Or like we, we, we can't have passion for our country. We I don't think pride. it's not about passion or pride. What I'm saying is that certain places are have more representation and people are a little bit bolder <laughs> about where they come from. Um, oh, so you're not bold about where you are. Or you don't of, think Sierra Leoneans... Oh, the, interesting. You're an army of one in, in what sense? I'm usually the only Syrian in the room, right? So it's, unless I'm like back Oh, so you, you're, you're, you're therefore saying that there are more Ghanians. There are more Ghanians and, 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 and more certain, certain circles. And then... 
Well, so that's I will what, agree. I will agree with that. But I don't actually. think that, I don't feel like even with that, it still doesn't make the representations good. Like, yeah. like remember Will Smith's concussion movie? Oh my God. Sure. That accent. That accent. I was, was like, where so is that from? Bad. And I don't. And I love Will Smith to that, but I, I was do. like, Will. And Will you know The movie was really good. I do have a Ghanaian friend, and maybe she was like, you know, like, you just have to, like, push that out of your mind and it's good but i was just kind of like i can't when i saw the when i saw the previews i was like okay i cannot this is a movie i can't get down with i can't do it and i think that's kind of hard because it's like when you do other maybe you don't notice it as much with other other Mm -hmm. places because i'm not from those cultures Mm -hmm. but it's like if you're gonna get a voice voice coach or someone to help you with your accent like can you get one for an african accent can we decide yeah and I'm sure there are a whole lot of Nigerian. They could they could there easily find one. Do them so that's so yeah. So that, think, it's funny you bring that movie. Up. But it's like what I guess then in, in kind of like rounding it out. What obviously we think the representations of Africans yeah. in American pop culture and particularly in film yeah. are not fair. So what does like fair representation look like to you? What's a really good example? I know what we know is a good example. Probably the best example to date for me is Black Panther. Like I said in episode one, I cried when that. <laughs> oh Lord, when he came the, out, this crying thing is starting to become a theme. It was girl. so beautiful. It was like, wow, our king has come home. Like I really, like I, I had so low. I had really low expectations for what they were going to do. Oh, I mean, when Based I saw that, yeah, like, coming to America yeah. and other things that people yeah. think are like African, African. Yeah. and based on like the Will Smith, like whenever they, whenever an African is portrayed, it's just like so. I don't know what the on word. the surface. Yeah, it's on the surface level. It's it's stereotypical. Yeah, and so I I was nervous about Black Panther. I mean, I I I saw the movie. I'm not I'm not ashamed to say this. I saw the movie. I went to the movie theater and paid three times to see this. That's right. And that is not something I do. I do not even (laughs) watch movies in the movie theater. Not cheap. Not cheap. I'm not cheap. I'm just you know fiscally responsible. That's why I I I, I say it. Um, But I did. I did watch that movie three times because you know why? Every time I watched it, I saw something new. Yes. I saw a, a, a new detail. They had Adinkras symbols, the Ghanaian, the, the Ashanti symbols, you know, and father, when they're in the, um, land of the when they're in the land of the ancestors and the father, the, the, the cloth that the father is wearing. Mm-hmm. And he's even wearing it in you a way it that we wear. Yes. And when I saw that, I'm like, ooh. Can we have this all ooh, the time? Can ooh. we Can we have this everywhere? And then I saw the babies. I mean, th- that one, I caught it in, in my third viewing of it. But the baby sister, um, the technologist, the scientist. Yeah, yeah. Um, when, when T'Challa f- comes um, from the T'Challa. plane. T'Challa. Um, a girl. Say his name. <laughs> T'Challa. Same when right. T'Challa comes off the, off the flight with his love and, you know, mm-hmm. and the sister come, and mom come to greet her. Like, I, I never noticed that the first the first two times I watched it. But she's wearing, a t- the t-shirt she's wearing has an adequate symbol on it. And I was like, when, I'm, when, I'm, when I was sitting there the third time watching, I was like, whoa, 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 yeah. stop. Yeah. So these things, I mean, it makes you, it allows you to take pride in your culture. You know, yes. the fact that they, the, who, whoever did this, they, they took the time like, to learn the different cultures. And like blend them in they such a way They blended them and it was so seamless. And it was so seamless. Yeah. Although sometimes the portrayals were done by uh, by African-American actors and whatnot. It aside from, matter. it didn't matter. It didn't like matter. it didn't matter. Even though sometimes the accents that was, that was the only problem. The accents were always in the right place, but like everything else was so done. And they tried. They actually they, tried. They, they even, tried. Even even with that, even with that, it was just it was beautiful. Yeah, it was beautiful to watch, and yeah. So basically, yeah. what's fair representation? Black Panther. Let's have more Black Panther like movies. And I, and I hope they do. Hollywood does does see that you know people people want to see such movies, such portrayals. Yeah, and I mean, I think just in closing, like when one other important piece was that like it wasn't a biopic. Oh, God. Girl, know? that is a great because that's all the like, like, oh, all yeah, of them, and, and they're so hard to watch. Yeah, exactly. Anytime it's a movie about a black person, whether they're African or not, it's usually like based on historical, based on some historical figure, which is important. I think. Yeah, it's but, important, like, but it's like you but, know, like I want more just regular movies about regular black people who are superheroes and not superheroes. Yeah, that was a nice thing about Black Panther, where you know. Our kids, you know, our future kids, oh, yeah. our nieces, all, all our nephews. All of my children will be T'Challa. <laughs> when 
like they can I'm, see T'Challa, they can see you know they can see these different portrayals, and Zuri. they can dress yes Zuri. You Zuri. they can dress for Halloween as these characters, and it's like you know yeah. it's something to take pride. I'm looking forward to this Halloween, you know, to be frank with you, because I know a lot of kids are probably going to do this. It's, and it's, it's going to be, be amazing. People did the cosplay, yeah. even like going yeah. to the movie theater, yeah. but yeah. that's you know awesome. All right, um, so now we're going to the final segment of the show we're calling Spotlight. It's where we bring on an African.American to talk about another new topic. Today, we'll be talking to our guest about learning about your culture from an American classroom. Welcome to our guest. First things first, what's your name and where did you grow up? My name is Charity Bannerman, and I grew up in the D.C. area, Annapolis, Maryland. And my mom got a job relocation around 12 years old, and I moved to Dallas, Texas. And I was there until my high school graduation. And what country are you slash your parents from? Uh, my mom is from Washington, D.C. And my dad is from Ghana, Salt Pond, Ghana. From where? Say it again. Say the name again. Salt Pond, Ghana. Salt Pond. Okay, cool. Never heard of this place. So Nana, can you help us like locate it? Where is it? Is it near? Um, how are you going to put me on the spot like that, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, it's in it's the central region of Ghana, so it's near like where the slave castles were and okay. everything. So it's on the coast. It's central coast. Okay. Yes, I can kind yes. of sort of see it in, in my head and I'm on a map. So is your dad Fonti? He's Fonti, but he speaks God too. He spent a lot of time in our crib for school. Nana, remind me again. What are you? You are you are a quab. No, it's not a quab. That's how you say hello. You're tree, tree. <laughs> I am a shan- tree. Uh-uh. That's the language. The language is tree, but yeah, it's yeah, the Ashanti people who speak tree. Somebody help me well, out here. I'm trying. Yes, it's, it's our language, but a lot of people speak it. Not necessarily only Ashanti speak. But who 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 like created it? It's the Ashanti language. Okay, got you. And then other people speak it because they want to communicate with you. Yes, or they've lived around a lot of Ashantis. Okay, got you. I'm trying to, I'm, these are real questions. I'm trying to, you know, understand. <laughs> I feel I like just you have... just wanted to say tree, but you're still not getting it. <laughs> One day I will know how to pronounce. So I have, a, I have difficulties pronouncing Ghanaian names or words because... I think there are letters that don't exist in English, such as the letter in tree. The ch- it's like it's a true. R and something else. Two at the same time or something. Yeah. So it's not like tree, like tree outside, and it's not twee, like how it's spelled. It's like a true, true. It's an R and a W together. That's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It is. It's not. It's not easy. I don't. I don't know the language. (laughs) (laughs) But Sherry, don't don't even be blaming that for not knowing the language. And there's no there's no judgment here. (laughs) You find no judgment here. (laughs) (laughs) You need to stop. Stop. Stop trying to use that as an excuse. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard. And I don't blame you. Um, I appreciate that. How do you identify Charity ethnically or racially? So I identify as an African-American and a Ghanaian-American. So you identify as both? Yes. I I would take both of those titles because to me it's like I'm I'm the personification of that. My mom is... Mm -hmm. Ken all the way and then my dad is Ghanaian but he's so Americanized he's so annoying <laughs> but well, how, it's okay. how would you describe how steep you were in like African culture growing up foods music language etc so you said your dad is Americanized so not very but not not very much I think toward college I became more you know, interested about it, going to a historically black college mm-hmm. that made me more interested in learning more about Ghana. And then I got an opportunity to study abroad there. Oh, lovely. So after that experience, I was really like, oh, yes, I'm Ghanaian. Oh, <laughs> like, then you started. I, didn't, <laughs> I stayed for four months and I was we all like we were all sad to go. Like it was so awesome. Oh, that's so, great. And I just always want to go back and visit. And 
have plans to live, like live there, retire there, <laughs> die there. I don't want to die hey. here. I want to <laughs> die there. <laughs> no, no, we'll say with that movie, with Sankofa, everybody got to return. Yeah, yeah you got go to. Back. You go back. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, and I'm assuming you took classes about Africa when you were there. Yeah. So like, what made you, did you take classes about Africa before that? What was it? I know you, you talked about it a little bit, right? That you went to an HBCU. Yeah. But like, are there specific events or things that made you go, hmm, let me, let me explore Africa from like an academic viewpoint. Yes. Well, I was an African-American history major. We didn't have an African course. And I knew that if I was going to study abroad, I wanted to take the African course in Ghana. Mm. So I was a guest. I was a guest student at New York University. They oh, allowed that program is good. <laughs> That's it's really good. They allowed uh, guest students to come to their NYU in Ghana. So I was like, oh, I'm doing that for sure. And so I took a history course. I had a, I, I had an African dance class as well. Oh, cool. To work class at the University of Ghana. So how, who were the other students in the program? Were they mainly other Black and African-American students or were they racially sort of mixed? Because the NYU program meant students from NYU were there too, right? Like not. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What an interesting experience it was because there was more white students than Black students. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a percentage, I guess, 30% black. Okay. So it was probably like eight of us, seven of us. And then there was one student who was um, half black, half white, Mm. who if you looked at him, he looked white. And he was just real problematic. (laughs) The guy... No, like he he loved art and it, you know it it spoke to him and everything, mm-hmm. but he would go around and vandalize Ghana oh. like oh, crop. He would he would um, spray paint watermelons everywhere, okay, and we're like, <laughs> what are you doing? Was He's he trying to become the Ghanaian Banksy. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> like that's not <laughs> awful. It was awful. I was like, oh my god. And then, like, so we went to the slave castles together with the student, you know, everybody. Mm-hmm. And look, we're crying more than the black students were. <laughs> it was interesting. interesting to see their reactions to certain things. But for the most part, we kind of just stayed to ourselves and they did their own thing. They did indulge in a lot of, like, smoking weed and they just... <laughs> they got their own type of marijuana from Ghana. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I mean, suffice it to say they had their own reasons for wanting to study abroad. How did but it feel, I, I guess, being like African, a black person with a more immediate connection to the continent and learning about certain parts of African communities in an academic setting? It seems like because what some of the students were doing, it made it a little bit distracting or it was just, yeah, their goals didn't match up I, with yours. I, we didn't really care about what was going on with them. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, I'm from Ghana, so almost everything that was going on, I'm like, this pertains to my people, you know, so it. I had a sense of pride there. I was really proud to be there, get to meet people and get to learn more about it. Mm-hmm. We're Caribbean American students at, in the NYU program. So I could see for them, they know exactly where their people are from, too. You know, Jamaica and right. is, Ghanaians come, went to Jamaica, you know, when yeah. the slave trade. So one of my Jamaican American friends, like, Ghanaians will come up to her and tell her that she looked Ghanaian. Oh, that's cute. So it was really cool to see that connection. Like, we're all in part of the diaspora. And then I had another friend who, um, her father was from Senegal, and then her mom is from the States. And so she, even though, you know, it was she wasn't in Senegal, she was, like, still feeling a West African 
you know, vibe right. and that. So it was really nice. I like want to go back to fall 2006. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, when you go to your country, it should be like, I think that's the ideal, right? Like it needs to be like, it's one thing to go to someone else's country and be like, I'm never coming back there. But when you go to yours, it needs to be one of those things that makes you like love it and want to go back and like, and be they there for forever. They spoiled us, spoiled us because, like, the campus where we stayed, it was, like, mansions, basically. Air conditioning all the time, you know, <laughs> hot water. I mean, it was American kind of standard of living. Mm, yeah. Had shuttles that took us everywhere. We we ate our lunches and dinner at a restaurant nearby. <laughs> So everything was kind of like perfect in that sense. Do you think that it would have been different if you, how do you you think you would feel differently about Ghana then if you had gone, uh, let's say if you had just like enrolled directly in like University of Accra and like. I know. Yeah, I know. mm -hmm. I know it would have been different if I would have did University of Ghana. I have a really close friend, Jumba. He's from um, Uganda. He's Ugandan American. He did the University of Ghana experience. Mm-hmm. This man, he knows trees like crazy because he was right there with everybody, wow. you know, and he was right on campus and he got the full experience. So I know I'm, I always feel like, okay, I had a luxury experience with NYU and Ghana, but if I would have did the other program, I think I would have learned more, you know. But you, but you visited mm-hmm. Ghana su- subsequent to that, right? Yeah, but I mean, not four months. Right. You know, it's, it's, she lived there like for that time. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. at the at the end of the day, we were around each other more than we were with locals. Mm-hmm. We were around NYU students. Mm-hmm. So like, it was still good. We had we still have a good you know uh, relationship. But I'm like. We didn't really meet that many Ghanaians. Missed out on that. But because because I had family there, of course, I got closer to my cousins while I was there. And, you know, Mm. my uncles. Oh, that experience was good. You know, that's something that a layer I had that other people didn't. Mm -hmm. So that was good. It sounds like you got an amazing semester. What? In terms of, like, the coursework, then, that you did, were there moments where, like, you spotted holes in it? Were there Basically, were there holes in the coursework that you could spot with ease or, like, directions that certain discussions went in that made you feel one way or the other because you have more, you have more insight, right? Like, as being someone who was from that country, who has family from that country, or how did you handle those kinds of situations? I mean, I don't feel that way just because it was a Ghanaian who taught us that course. Mm. So that's helpful. Yeah, she knew what she was talking about. (laughs) So I always felt like, yeah, this is the real information here. But if I go back, like, high school, you know, history, Mm -hmm. they didn't teach us anything about Africa and the the kingdoms and, you know, things prior to the slave trade and things like mm-hmm. that. You don't know about that. And then yeah. they don't teach you about the liberation period yeah. either. Yeah. So it's like, you know, this. why is this missing? And there's a reason why they do it. It's strategic. So, um, but as far as college, I feel like because I got information from the actual know Ghanaian professor I didn't, I didn't feel like there were any issues well that's awesome what I'm glad so it sounds like the the class helped you fill all those holes mm-hmm. it helped fill a lot of holes in your knowledge yeah what were you gonna say Nana you were I, saying I was something. about to ask what, what do you think the reason is for not teaching kind of the the, the um, history prior to the slave trade liberation or the liberation <laughs> <laughs> I just think American, you know, history 
They just want to erase all of it. They want to erase, mm-hmm. they even want to erase, you know, Jim Crow, mm-hmm. everything prior to civil rights. Mm-hmm. Some of these books start as civil rights. Mm-hmm. Certainly. No. <laughs> <laughs> There's been segregation, you know, all the stuff way before that. So, you know, at the end of the day, they're trying to make sure you don't have an identity. Mm. And I think the issue with a lot of African-Americans is because they don't have an identity. Mm. Who do they ally with? Mm-hmm. Like, white people are going to say you're not American. Mm-hmm. Africans are going to say you're not African. Mm-hmm. So where is your place? Yeah. You know, and the wonderful thing about Ancestry.com and, you know, with it 23andMe mm-hmm. is that, okay, people are now finding out, okay, maybe I'm from this African country. Mm-hmm. And they're embracing it and they're going back and, and going to see what, what it's like. And I didn't like about that. What's his name? Michael Jai White. What oh yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. The um, huh? yeah, Michael Jai White, the um, what happened? The actor who went to Ghana. He's an actor. He found out that he's Ghanaian. He has you know percentage of uh, Ghanaian in him, and they and they made him a chief. Why? Oh, just because. <laughs> <laughs> it's some sort of like t- tourism. I, I mean, that's how I read it. That that it's some sort well, of, uh, of tourism. Yeah, I know. Like they, they gave him, he gave them a lot of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's about money. That's what they typically. Well, if they make yeah. him a chief, then maybe he's going to like raise the profile of that community, and then people and will he like. He has been doing that on yeah. social media. I mean, he's he's talked about his experience and all of that. But what was well, the yeah. issue you had with that? I'm I'm telling you. So I went to Ghana this past, you know, winter. Oh my God! Right Were you after, at Kujay's party? Were you? I wasn't, but I was on his flight, girl. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Brussels. We did a connected flight from Brussels oh to Accra. <laughs> And we're in line, and I'm like, that is Boris. Is he as and fine in person as he is on TV? Oh, finer. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what I've heard too. Girl. He looks old. Wait, what's his he looks there? Uh, he looked like, you know, like fit, you know, like I was like, oh my God, this is not happening. And I'm a big fan, so I was like about to cry and stuff. Oh my God. Did you go up to him? Did you, did you take some pictures? Did you, you know, I take pictures with him. Because I felt like I don't want to be that person and nobody asked. If somebody else asked, I would have did it. Girl, you weren't serious, but you weren't serious. Everybody was so chill and he was with his kids. I don't know. I just felt like I would have been like, hey, brother, you know, I'm Ghanaian, you're Ghanaian. Can I have a picture with the whole family? Yeah. Yeah, I, I talked to his wife and I said, I love you. I didn't know what to say. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was in shock. They were literally right in front of me, like in the line, waiting to go on the plane. I bet this girl <laughs> took pictures of them from behind. I mean, I would have at least done that. <laughs> I took pictures. Sure did. <laughs> and then, and Gabrielle Sidibe was on the flight as well. Oh. oh. Yes. And when we we landed, uh, Bozema St. John, she's an executive. She, oh, for, I don't know. She, she was a former Uber, Uber exec, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 She was at the airport to welcome them. So I saw all of them. It was really cool. And they did this full circle festival mm-hmm. with all these other celebrities. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Anthony Anderson came yeah, too. too yeah. yeah, I saw, I saw, it's pretty much everyone in Black Hollywood. Was, and AJ, <laughs> what's her name? So it was a lot of people. AJ Diggy, Johnson. Diggy Simmons. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I saw him in a picture with Kente Cloth stuff. Like he, yeah. 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 he Jesse, loved it. See, Williams, my cousin saw him at, at like Movin Peak Hotel. Yeah. So they all flocking. And I think they'll just do it every year, look like. But um, this year marks the 400th year of this Atlantic slave trade, transatlantic slave trade. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so they're the just they calling it the year, the year of return, return. right? Yeah. yeah, they're just expecting all throughout the year people to come. I mean, the I, I I thought the idea, at least for the um for the Hollywood crew that went um over the holidays, I thought it was a brilliant, it was a great idea. But I, I yeah. Guess, a part of me felt like it was not very well executed, but I guess I, I don't I don't really know the goal of of what it was all about. I don't know I don't know if it was kind of you know an immersion thing for the folks they brought there, or if it was you know for for locals yeah. to also learn. I mean, I think it's all very new. Yeah. So for their first time, it's pretty good. Like it's about sixty people you brought. Yeah. But I, uh, what I was trying to get at was I felt like they could have done a better job um, with their immersion piece. So there are a whole bunch of these were Hollywood types. Um, so there were a whole, there are a whole bunch of Ghanaian actors. I didn't see any sort of, you know, mingling between the actors and actresses. It was an opportunity for these Ghanaian actors to, you know, meet Hollywood folks and for the Hollywood folks to meet these Ghanaian actors. And it, I, I felt yeah. like it was mostly, you know, government government officials with these folks. At least the pictures I yeah. saw, that was all I saw. Agree. Agree. Yeah, because they went to the president's house. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't thought it was it a was. missed opportunity. Charity <laughs> <laughs> yeah. was just starstruck and <laughs> in love with and happy <laughs> to be back and, and, in Ghana as well, right? Yeah, so, it would have I mean, been amazing. Was, there were so starstruck. many people. Oh, sorry about that. But it would be nice if they had like a chair, you know, like maybe doing some type of charity, something, you know, like have some purpose for it. Yeah. So I think some of the some of them actually did. But it it seemed like it was on their own. But one thing that I I also thought they could have done was there are so many folks from there are so many Ghanaians who, you know, who live in the U.S. who go home for the holidays. And that was another opportunity where they could have, you know, gotten, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's hard to do, but you could have gotten a few Ghanaians who live here to kind of, you know, do do a little something. Where, where yeah. these Hollywood, I don't know. It was, I feel like it was, it could have been, I mean, going forward, I'm sure they'll, they'll, um, they'll have a better thing, but I, I just felt like it would, it could have been better executed and it could have been better. Um, but Nana. Yeah. Yeah. Nana. Yes. Charity didn't plan this event. Oh, I'm not. We're just talking about the event. Hey? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not blaming Charity for anything. I'm just, you know. I agree. Like, I think they should have invited us to one of them so, parties. Ex- that, that is exactly what it I'm talking about. It just like that is exactly what I'm talking about. Celebrity only thing. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. You are gonna yes. be at So, how are we supposed to know you're gonna be there on, you know, New Year's Day? You right. know, nobody knows. <laughs> I mean, it could have been a social media led thing because I think a bunch, a whole bunch. I mean, I found out about this whole thing via social media. Had, had yeah. they mentioned it on social media, folks would have. A few, I, I would say, like a handful of folks would have really shown up. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Yeah. But I will say one thing about about the uh, slave castle. We went to um, Cape um, Coast Castle, yeah. Yeah. and my friend she came with me. Um, my Spelman sister and oh, she's she lives African American, huh? Does she live in Ghana? No, oh, she she, she lives in New Orleans. This is her first time oh. in on the continent, uh, continent of Africa. Everything. So this is wow. her first experience. But so that she was mad because <laughs> the admission to the Cape Coast Castle it costs more for her. Yes, yeah, it's five CDs for a Ghanaian, and it's forty. Yeah, for yeah. non Ghanaian, but that's that's but that's yeah. in most countries that's what it is. It's always cheaper for the locals. <laughs> and she was like, "But it was our people who oh. <laughs> oh, was on the ship." That that reminds that's me of our conversations yes, about I, yes. that's a way that about you know should Africans apologize for slavery and maybe that's a way that they can do it where like if you're African American and you're going to like one of these sites that mm-hmm. maybe make a little you cheaper. don't yeah. but it's a little hard to, I mean then we have to figure out how we can tell because if you're Jesse Williams you can't tell Jesse Williams that he's also not I know you know, you you know, right. you, you know the you, or Boris for him Boris for that matter right yeah. like he's you know, right. Looks, uh, let me start getting into who looks black enough and who doesn't look black enough. And that's <laughs> a whole nother story. You know, we don't, you know, we don't want to like, you know, <laughs> to make their money, right? So it's just like, you yeah, know, it's all, I mean, most of it is about money. It, it is about the money. 
Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I've like, I've, I've seen, I've, I've seen the pyramids at Egypt and Egypt and it was the same thing. It was like, I don't know. Egyptians probably paid like 50 cents and I paid like a lot more, but yeah. I was just like, I yeah. get it. Like Because other Africans, you know, just gonna have to pay. Yeah. I mean, I wish we could figure out like more sliding scale structures besides citizen, non-citizen, because that is an interesting thing to think about. I was also a poor student, right? Like, and I, <laughs> I, I could have oh, no. used those, those extra Egyptian pounds to do other things. But no, no. I'm wondering for you, since you learned from, do you think that your experience would have been different if you had taken these courses stateside? Like, if you would like spent a semester, like Spelman has Spelman has a cross um, has a program with Wellesley. You could have taken yeah. a semester at Wellesley. Um, this is and- true. <laughs> oh, and I've met some Wellesley women who came. Who to came down? Spelman. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it would have been very different. <laughs> I mean, of course. I believe. So. <laughs> I mean, they could have had, you know, they could have had uh, a professor uh, from an African country. That could be true. They you know? do. They, well, he does, and they yeah. did. They did have an. Um, they had an African studies department, and most of. And Nana, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Most of the professors there, at least around, I think we all were in college around the same time. Mm-hmm. They were all. They were all either from Africa or of the diaspora. I know there are yeah. a few people of Caribbean descent. I don't yeah. even remember if there are any white professors. So they did. Um, I don't think they did. Were there. But it still would have been an American classroom in a very classic sense. And you can't, you know, you learn so much outside of just the four walls of the classroom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We were a part of the culture, even though I told you we didn't have best friends as locals. I mean, we still interacted with people where we lived. You know, got to learn how to pick a taxi and all these things you learn because you're living in the actual country. And to go visit the sites that they're talking about in the class. You know, we went to northern Ghana. We got to see. Oh, it was so nice. Like, I mean, I love that area. And I. Yeah, it was so peaceful. It wasn't that much pollution, wasn't yeah, that much yeah, traffic. Yeah, it's very clean. The food was good yeah. and like healthy. Like yeah. they had a lot of salads and things like that. So I think, you know, you can't trade the experience. I wouldn't trade the experience for another American college. It just Ouch. It just wouldn't. <laughs> no, I mean, you, you make some valid points. There is something to be said about like this thing happened in this historic place. And then you just walk outside and it's there. I mean, it's not the same, but like Nana, you remember Nana and I both studied abroad in not the same year, but we studied abroad in Spain. And I do remember in Cordoba, um, really thinking about how cool it was that like you would make friends, make friends to make plans to meet with friends. And you'd be like, I'll meet you at the Mesquita. And one night I was like, who, like (laughs) the Mesquita of Cordoba that we learn about in these Spanish books. Like this is just like. I'm just going to go down to the Mesquita. We're just going to meet yeah. up there before we go to the club. Like, this is... Sometimes you're hit with... Right? Like, you're hit with the enormity of, like, what it is. Um, yeah. And sort of, like, grateful because it is something that perhaps the people there take for granted because it's there every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there is something to be said for that. But what advice do you have for African.Americans who are thinking about taking classes about Africa in general or about learning more about the communities and countries from which they hail. It sounds like what you would say is take the courses in the country. <laughs> yeah, I would say that um, because, you know, you'll get a full experience that way. Mm-hmm. And nobody can teach you that. I don't care what they do. <laughs> I mean, you can watch videos. That's nice. That That's helpful. But being there and to experience it, is really good. I would say ask questions. You know, if you do see that there is is some something that isn't they're not talking about, you know, that you mm-hmm. think might be hiding, ask. ask. Research on your own and just go. Go there. <laughs> Let me ask you this. At a certain point, you lived in the um, in the D.C. area. And with yes. the D.C. area, there are pockets of Ghanaian communities. Yes. Did you spend any time um, in those pockets kind of w- with, with Ghanaians? And what did you learn? Oh, I 
don't really know them. Mm. The Ghanaian pockets. I do have um, Ghanaian members from church. Okay. That we have like our own Bible study mm. and things like that mm. where we, we throw down with the food. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Everything. Okay. And then and then my Ghanaian sisters have taught me um how to make some dishes too. Mm-hmm. Ooh, girl, what, what can you what can you make? <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> She's about to say I can fry panty. Can you make jollof rice? <laughs> jollof rice. You can make really it. Charity. Yes. Wow. I bow down because I can't. Charity, my jello fries is whatever my mom makes for me. <laughs> like when I want. It is so good. Isn't jello, Ghanaian jello fries above all? It's the best. Yeah, uh, you can't. You, I'm thank sorry, you, but you are. Uh, what do you call it? Biased. <laughs> We're looking for unbiased opinions here. <laughs> And it's as the, the, as it's the, the one non Ghanaian among the three of us, I don't think that Thank I, you, you know, <laughs> it's not fair. Uh-huh. It's not fair. She's telling the truth. I'll eat some if I had some right now. I'm not going to lie. But. You're going to love it. You will love I, it. I've had it, but I, I think that Tirulurian Jalof is the best. And I have my reasoning no, for out, that. Get away from here. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. You haven't had it. You it's haven't. good. No, it's good because there was a. No, no. Did you go to that? Um, oh, uh, I did. And, uh, yes, I did. I did. I was there. Oh, with you. that yes. was Senegalese, wasn't it? Yes, it didn't taste right. But I'll, I'll leave it. More. <laughs> How can you say Senegalese jollof doesn't taste right? They are the it ones who right. created jollof. Well, that's what somebody created. It doesn't mean somebody else can perfect it. Doesn't, doesn't mean somebody else can perfect it. Let's get that right. Well, Sometimes well, that's, there, that's, a lot of that's times, what like music, you know, the, the, is above the, all. Like because music, we have perfected what the Senegalese started. Sometimes, like music, what I'm you know, the original is never as, as, but as good as the But I still pay homage to Senegalese right. chebu gems because it does also taste good. And it's also okay. delicious. But maybe the person that cooked it that time, I mean, look, sometimes the pot can bend, as my mom says. So it depends <laughs> on who was cooking it. It wasn't made by yeah. me. Um, which it's, probably would make it sad. Yeah, so it's bad. <laughs> but <laughs> I learned I learned Dola, uh red red, and I learned contumery stew. Mm-hmm. What's that? I've never spinach. heard of this. Amazing. But we don't have contumery, right? Yeah, but you. Can what use, is it? Is a vegetable? Spinach. Is it a um, green? Well, it's it's like spinach. It's similar to spinach. Is I'm gonna, spell, green, I'm gonna look it up. Contumery Ghana. Let's see. It's good. Oh, contomiri. Okay. Contomiri. Ah, what? Cook <laughs> it with um, um. Lord. What's that thing called? That oil. That oil. Um, palm oil. The best oil. Yes, you cook it with palm oil. Oh my god, oh, it's so also, good. You can also make it with um, with uh, no, no, no. canola. Uh, just like I tell my mom, I don't want it with the white oil. Palm oil is what I love. Um. Oh my. Okay. This is, yeah. Olive oil is good too. Yeah. You can. Oh, I mean, you cocoyam can leaves. Okay. Yes, yes. I think we yes, just call things that's differently. That's precisely what it is. Like. Okay. Like my list is short. I don't know. <laughs> None of fries. Well, I guess my last question for you is: It seems like you took food class, cooking classes when you were in Ghana, right? Somebody told me. <laughs> You're <laughs> never mind. You just learn how to cook organically with your, you know. I don't even know what they call them. You know those wooden spoons that you gotta like. <laughs> I call them the African no, they, spoons. They perfected things to make it so easy. Where you have a blender, you know, just throw it in there, like easy. I don't want. Maybe my mom is still old school. I mean, like we have blenders for stuff, but there's still times where she'll be like, mix the pot, and then I'll try, and she like pushes me out of the way. She's like, I don't want my food to like burn because you're not. You know, you gotta have that. <laughs> That arm motion was almost like rowing a boat. I just... Well, and with the rice now, some people are putting the rice in the oven. Yeah. Like you put it, you put it in the in the pot for a while, but then you put then you put, put it in the, in the oven, oven and yeah. let it and let it finish cooking. That's Nigerian jollof. That's how. That's why theirs has a smoky. Even um, Ghanaian jollof. Some Ghanaians do that. Ghanaians do you it get, too. You get the oh. crunch. You know, you get the perfect perfect crunch. It works. It's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I've, uh, I've, I've, I've only had Ghanaian jollof a few times and I didn't have the same smoky consistency as uh, Nigerian jollof. Like I don't that. know. But I do like, I do like when, the, I mean, I'm not going to hate on any kind of jollof. I do think Sierra Leonean is superior, but 
if I had a pot of Nigerian jollof right now, Ghanaian jollof, I would tear it up. No question. Um, I would suggest people take that. That sounds great. You you ha- you have me over here looking up um, to see if I can find any cooking classes in Ghana, and I'm not seeing not one. Well, that's you know, for those of you who want to do the Sankofa thing uh, and return. That might be something that you do. That's a you good. Know, next yeah. time you see Boris Cujo at the airport, be like, "Hey, brother, Co- brother Boris, let's cook. Let's 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 get this rolling. How about we get all of the, you know? I don't eat rice. That's why I look so good. <laughs> <laughs> brother Boris, what's your secret? <laughs> He's like, I don't touch that. I don't touch no carbs. <laughs> Oh God! But thank you so much, Charity, for talking to us and for sharing your experiences. That's our show for today. Like what you heard? I have an idea on a topic you'd like African.American to discuss. Would you potentially like to be featured in our spotlight section? Let us know. You can email us at African.American spelled out. African.American at gmail.com. See you later. Yeah.